The title of this evening's Dharma talk is Repeat the Form. Whatever the form is that you're, you consider is part of your practice, obviously, or should be obvious, sitting down, holding still, doing some wall gazing, sit very symmetrical, just receive. Whatever's there, just receive. Repeat, 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 come back, come back, repeat. That's why this uh, monastery is set up in such a way as to make it easier for you to repeat. Because if you don't, I'll ask you to leave. I wouldn't do that. I'd say, oh, it's okay. You'll be all right. <laughs> so the encouragement is to repeat, and the reason that's so important is if you repeat, you'll see that you're not actually ever repeating that. That's always different. There's always, there's just, a, at first it might be um, some intense uh, contrast, but eventually it's very slight understanding about the way consciousness works, and, and you understand it in such a way that there's no way you can put it in words. But your understanding is starting to deepen. This is how you approach the Dharmadhatu, the realm of uh, truth. Realm of truth or dharmadhatu or dharmata, whichever fancy Sanskrit word you want to use, is not about figuring things out. This is what figuring things out looks like. Hey, I'm doing pretty good. No, it's not doing so good now. Ah, it's getting better. I'm get, I think I'm catching on to something. No, uh, that's not working. Or some version of that. This doesn't mean you shouldn't do math. Just don't do it. When I tell you not to. A little bit, do it a little bit, but without a lot of hope about figuring things out. We can't figure out something or understand something that we're not willing to examine. It's, it's very necessary to really examine or investigate or look in. What does it feel like to investigate? Like we don't know what we're looking at. Because if you're going to investigate something that you know what it is, then well, why investigate it? So, to sit down and not have a clue or not understand or perhaps even feel kind of worse, um, that might be a good idea. Not to deliberately feel worse, but to notice that what's coming up is kind of sucks. Or the emotions are, are going this way or going that way, or you're reacting to something that you thought you were thought, thought you were all through with that type of thing. And here you are back at uh, the proverbial square one, beating yourself up over something or struggling with something that you thought you were over. As I say, same now. I'm saying now, and I say all the time: don't conclude. If you need to conclude something, you won't be able to help it. But it would be a good idea to don't conclude. The other word for that, of course, is patience. Just watch what watch what moves. Whatever's moving, just receive that. Give it your attention, and then whatever you're giving your attention to, then receive that. Why would we even do such a thing? If we weren't having difficulty or spinning in circles or bumping into all kinds of obstacles in our mind or in our world or in our families or in our job or in our society, then maybe we wouldn't have to do anything like that. But it seems necessary in order to work skillfully or accurately or um, uh, effectively, would be the other word, with anything that's arising in your mind, that is negative or difficult or challenging or 
feels bad, we need to look at it. You don't immediately go and start pouring, pouring medication all over something just with the hope that maybe something will work. It's not that some kind of experimental approach doesn't work in some cases, but not too often. It's good to spend some time just looking at the confusion, looking at that situation. How do you do that? Form. We don't chant sutras in here like uh, those of you who are here for this. We don't do that because we're worshiping something. That's a misunderstanding. And that also doesn't mean that you might not need to start out in that way. You might start out with some kind of a, you could even say, religious feeling about it. Perhaps. I wouldn't stop uh, or interfere with anyone's uh, emotions at all. But one of the ways that the goal of this path is characterized is called dispassion. This doesn't mean you don't have passion. You might have more passion than you've ever had. It's just that the grasping is gone, gone, the demand is gone. The demand for something else, the demand to be fulfilled or to express ourselves. So whatever the form may be, whether it's you're, if you're living here at this, if you're a, a resident here, then you're probably going to be practicing quite a bit more. Even if you have a job, you're still going to be practicing quite a bit more just because the way the forms are set up, they're set up so that it's pretty hard to wiggle out of anything. And if you do wiggle out of something, you use that expression, you're probably going to be aware of it. Just other people would just watch you do that. So kind of transcendental self-consciousness there. So every time you come in to sit, say it's time to sit, either at home or here, if you're on the schedule here, you come in and you just, whatever the form is uh, prescribed, whatever you set up for yourself, uh, it may be, you may be just doing, just sitting practice. It may be several hours a day, it may be 20 minutes, no matter what it is, but hold the form. Find the form and then hold the form. And you can't observe the form unless you hold the form. So observing the form uh, it's not ab about obeying something. It's not about obeying me. I don't need anybody to obey anything. It's not about authority in, in that sense. So if you come in and you, you take up either the simple form of uh, mindfulness practice, shikantaza, uh, locked on shine, whichever, however you want to describe this, whatever you're doing, holding still and watch. This is the form. Can't find the mind, but we certainly can find this. Hold still. And immediately everything will start to move in the six sense fields in some way or another, in some relationship possibly you haven't seen before. And then you'll notice by contrast, this doesn't, you might comment, this hasn't shown up this way before. You might add on, you might be some add-ons of, I wonder, wonder why I'm feeling this way. Those will start to settle down if you do enough of it. If you don't do enough of it, then those circularities will continue to be uh, 
um, um, make themselves at home in your mind stream. And the only way they will not make themselves at home in your mind stream is if you continue to look at them. Because they get their identity, they get their substantiality, they get their apparent solidity out of being fussed with, ignored, grasped, rejected, do nothing. Except what? Receive, just observe, just observe whatever it is that's coming up. It's difficult, especially if you've been doing it for weeks, months, years, and you, you're the kind of uh, uh, knee-jerk evaluation is you're not getting anywhere. That's why you need a teacher. That's why you need a sangha. At least that's how it looks. I'm not saying you couldn't attain enlightenment or, be, or become completely clear without any help. You might, but that kind of karma is rare. I was such a mess, I needed two teachers. saying can you go backwards if you're say you're doing the, the forms repeatedly and then you stop probably not going to go backwards so much as you might there, some kind of circle that looks like a straight line it might look like a straight line and going backwards but you're probably just in place going in circles uh, it kind of looks like a rest area hmm. ah, I might, no I'm not going to You'll notice that kind of shift back and forth. But I should, I shouldn't, I should, I should get back on. I should. Quite often, I'll ask people. Uh, if we're, I'm interacting with people. I'll say, "This is always quite humorous." I, I don't usually laugh because I have a lot of self-control. And I'll say, "So, how much do you meditate?" And they'll say, "Not enough." <laughs> and they'll say, "Live here." And then they tell me exactly how much they meditate. circularity that may occur or arise if you were to stop repeating the forms is can you contrast that to is there a circularity occurring while we're doing the forms there could be but but there's probably going to be depending on the causes and conditions but everything there's so many causes and conditions that are uh, on uh, can't add them up you can't count all of them so you may notice some of that, but it's always about awareness. It's never about stopping the circularity. If there's a lot of sitting practice going, you're so interested, you can even say curious about what's moving, that you're, you're willing to, you know, you're, if it goes in circles, you're, you know you're, you're practicing. You know you're sitting, you know you're observing. And there's kind of a, just your natural sense that uh, it's, it's about observing that, not about fixing it. Sometimes it takes a while to get to get an understanding that you're not trying to get better. This is spiritual materialism. This is the mundane path that works well. That's, there's all kinds of practices that are about working on something until it improves, but usually those are about fairly uh, materialistic situations like you know, fixing a broken arm or something, something you can, that actually has a strong relative material um, uh, construct. But when you work with the mind or with consciousness, it's not, uh, you're, you're in a different realm. Well, 
I'm just thinking of like my personal situation where <coughs> my relationships to the forums have changed a great deal in the last six or seven months. Mm-hmm. And just wondering in what way I can continue to try to repeat while at the same time knowing I can't be in all the forms that I may have been in at one time. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to answer that as if no one else was here and you were in the hojo. Don't worry about it. You're doing fine. Rather than give you some kind of something. Um, but that a lot of that comes from I see you all the time. I talk to you all the time. Uh, so it's not particularly some kind of approval of something or saying you don't have to meditate or. But, you know, there's really there's there's nothing that you need to do other than just continue what you're doing. More questions about that are, are welcome if you have them. Um, I'm wondering about the role of meditation on the path and how does the importance of meditation change as we go along the path. I'm thinking about early on how important it was it seemed to just completely immerse myself in as much sitting as possible and that as I've been here there's a lot of other forms or responsibilities that arise and you don't say well you're sitting less than you used to so now you're not fulfilling or you're not on the path as much so I'm wondering in what way other things are incorporated into the practice as we as we continue along, you said it. We, we need to start somehow. So we start by sitting down, and holding still, and watching the confusion. So, the sitting practice is about uh, awareness. It's not about adding up a lot of hours of sitting. I know people who practice a lot, sit a lot, and don't necessarily have. Uh, I'm not sure what they're doing while they're sitting, but. Uh, they're, uh, and not that I'm sitting around analyzing people particularly, but they don't. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't look like whatever they're doing when they're sitting is uh, something else. Seems like something else may be going on. Th- this is why it seems to be necessary to have someone who's done this a little bit more than you have, a, a mentor, a teacher. In ancient times, it was called a guru, which uh, brings in too many other. Uh, authority uh, authority uh, images, so I don't particularly care to use that. More about that if you have it. I'm curious about when you say you don't know what they're doing while they're sitting, and it may be a simple question, but what is it that we should be doing, and what can we look at to see that we are doing that while we're sitting? Observing. Whatever happens, observing. If you're trying to shut something down, if you're finding some way of uh, escaping or creating some kind of artificial samadhi or stability, then uh, it tends to get circular. And then when when there's an inter- when I interact or watch someone interact with their the rest of their life, um, um, it looks like they something else is going on in the sitting practice or the, that practice. And it could be, it might be that the sitting is okay, but there's no sangha connection. There's no community connection. So, or there's no, or this connection with the teaching person is not strong enough, or the, the person doesn't actually talk to that person. 
I had a situation where I didn't get to, it was all about Sangha. We had lots of Sangha and very little teacher contact. So people teach in different ways. This um, week we were lucky enough to, to host Bill Waldron again, mm-hmm. and he's approaching the Dharma in a different way than we're approaching the Dharma. And I'm just wondering if you could say how we can use the conceptual framework of the teachings to practice and not just become more intelligent. <laughs> just study it and don't worry about understanding it. You study it, then it will you'll make some kind of connection or, or, or you won't. Or maybe there'll be a connection one time and not another time. But it's always about awareness. It's, another, no, it's not about getting it. I'm not uh, pointing the finger at Bill Waldron or any other scholar, for that matter. I really appreciate everything they do. Uh, but we, uh, this is a, a monastery, so this is a this is a place where we practice. The important thing here is to practice. And even my Dharma talks, if you listen to them, there's hundreds of them. I'm just saying the same thing over and over again. You know that with just different words. I'm saying, train your mind. Sit down and find out who you are. Is that part of the repetition? It's part of my repetition as a teacher. Uh, I, I, I never know what to say when I come in here, so I just say the same thing. <laughs> but you're always different, so you hear it differently. You're always different, and I'm the same. <laughs> or is it the other way around? I used to be different, now I'm the same. Is that how that goes? Yes, sir. Seems like uh, anything could be treated formally as a practice. Um, even doing temple projects here, it yeah. seems to fall within the context of a form. It does. I'm wondering what's an activity as a practitioner that's not a practice? Well, there's, the important thing is to have a strong formless practice. In other words, Shikantaza, sit down, hold still. Just observe, and that takes a while to do. That it can take. It's going to take probably more than months. It's going to take years to do that. But we have time. Everybody here is young. Just keep practicing. So that that's the part that's important. Then that's a meditation, post meditation. Post meditation starts to become the the spaciousness of that starts to become stronger and stronger, and the agenda about what you're doing, planting in the garden or doing carpentry work or interacting or buying groceries. Uh, the forms there start to show up. They show up. They might show up even more vividly. But there's a tremendous amount of space around things, and you might not notice that contrast right away. But um, or you might. I think it's uh, there's so many what variables there. So the important thing is to sit down, hold still, and sharpen this blade, sharpen this this perception of what that is, of what this is self and other. That's the, the basic uh, um, misunderstanding is that there's someone and there's someone else. It's called duality. Or You talked about, you talked about with Chazon, um just the contrast with different people's practices. <laughs> is, is someone's post-meditation a proof of their practice? 
They're not proof of anything. More. That doesn't make any sense. You should keep asking questions. Help me make sense. <laughs> Is the way that someone interacts with their world outside of a form any indication of what they're doing in the form? I think it could be, but it, it but it should just be observed rather than than fiddled with or try to push it down or fluff it up or manipulate and do a different kind of practice to get another kind of result to not get too involved in some kind of merchandising mentality you know I'll do this so that'll happen I'll do this so that'll happen what this is if you think about it very literally we come in to a place called a monastery it needs to have a name it needs a form we have a teaching we have a thousands of years of teaching this particular uh, understanding that everything is dependently arisen very simply that's the Buddhist teaching Every, every apparent individual thing is dependent on everything else for its seeming singularity. When you realize that you're not separate from anything, you're liberated. And you're not liberated to do something else. You're not liberated from anything. You realize you've never been a prisoner. That's a misunderstanding. There isn't anyone. I'm not saying that you can't. somebody can't take you and put you in a box and lock you up. But, but that's it's only going to be really, really uh, uh, painful or, or, or suffering if you're really heavily identified with it, with your form. And we have nerve endings, so there's bound to be some kind of difficulty. <laughs> so no evaluation. I mean, if you see the mind evaluate, just watch the evaluation. You don't evaluate the evaluation, which is uh, what the Trunk call would call uh, double negativity. So, and I, mm -hmm. You said earlier you have to hold the form to absorb the form. I'm thinking sometimes we might feel sick or not come to the forms. But I feel like it's in, <coughs> we're told that that's not necessarily not observing the form. So I'm wondering if you could say more about what you mean by we have to hold the form to observe the form. Well, you, you don't ignore how your body feels, so you come, and if you can come here, you know. We're not children. This is not a this is not a um, authoritarian kind of parental kind of approach to Buddha Dharma. There's a lot of lots of places that are, and they're heavy into that. Some of them, especially the Zen form, but some Tibetan forms. That's kind of a cultural thing, but uh, I don't think it's necessary to do that. I think it's it's very important to treat people as adults rather than try to crowd them into things, but also. Uh, don't give them forms that if they look at the form and observe the form and, and attempt attempt to use the form to support their awareness practice, it's a strong enough form that it's actually going to help them rather than just be a token amount. So if you're here, you've lived here for a year or more, uh, if you get up uh, in the morning and you don't feel good, I'm, I trust you. you know, just say, I, I can't make it in. I don't feel good. My back hurts or something is wrong. Not a problem. If it goes on day after day, then I might say, what's the doctor say? <laughs> say, But I'm not going to go into, you know, people that come here to live here don't come here to, to avoid the forms. They come here to use the forms. So if you set up some kind of a dynamic where it's a right and wrong or good and bad, and you take the responsibility away from someone and try to, you be the, you're the kind of the, the, the top sergeant or something, 
Uh, that doesn't work. I saw that firsthand when I was spent four years in the Marine Corps. That kind of authority situation is terrible. It's a terrible way to work with human beings. Very, very disrespectful. Saito. Um, I see in my own practice with pretty much all the forms, I seem to swing from the extreme of demanding perfection to the opposite of extreme of trying to wiggle out of them. Mm-hmm. And is there anything that can be done to keep from getting motion sickness <laughs> running back and forth? Yeah. Well, don't fight with the, uh, with the was it, did you say emotion sickness? Motion, motion sickness. <laughs> Uh, so I, I let, uh, I'm going to say something very directly to you. I want you to hear it. I want you to think about that. Anytime you're going back and forth, you're already perfect. There's no way you can you can make any mistakes at all. Just continue to practice. Do the best you can. Sometimes you can sit. Sometimes you can't sit. Moon face Buddha. Sun face Buddha. It's always Buddha. There's nothing separate from the Buddha. We we have so much useless warfare going on. Ugh, painful to see people fight with themselves and know that, that we can't, I can't, you can't, we can't just reach in and take the pain and suffering out of people. You have to, you have to do it yourself. You have to do it yourself. And how do we do it? Awareness. Awareness. Not about manipulation or grasping the three poisons or getting rid of anger or getting... Include. Include everything. Include. Let it, let it, let it kill you. And I'm not suggesting actual death. I'm saying let it, let let the feeling, let them receive, receive what's coming to you. With no, without adding anything on, no post-it notes on anything. No little thing. Oh, this must mean. Oh, this must mean that. This must mean that. So, and by by repeating the form, by having a form, whatever it may be. And the students that I have, the ones that are here, ones that are off at a distance, uh, quite often have totally different forms. We don't. I don't have everybody do exactly the same thing. But it seems to be important to repeat that form so you begin to see that you can't actually repeat it. That it's, there's always something different about it. Every time I come in here, if I'm going to give a talk or if I up and offer uh, incense to the altar, I notice that things are just a little bit off balance. You probably notice me moving things around. Do you think I'm correcting things? you think someone's done something wrong? That's a rhetorical question. I think you can answer that. <laughs> so it's just about, that's my practice. It's not about correcting you. That's my practice. I, I, I work with this and I do it so you can see what I'm doing. So maybe you can get an idea of how I'm working with this form. Yes? What's the importance of the balanced form? To see the imbalance. The imbalance is actually, we add the imbalance. We think this is a person, and this is a, a life, and we, we actually impute this, and the whole society is all on board with us, uh, with the whole, excuse me, the whole right and wrong and success, successful and uh, a failure, and uh, I talk to people all the time who are just in terrible shape over how upset with themselves they are because of society or because of their the enculturation more? Um, Eric Wilson from Delaware. Yes, Eric. Uh, he asks, I, um, 
what is the relationship between form and attitude? For example, when we're off the cushion, is it fruitful to approach shikantaza as an attitude? Thank you very much. No. Keep those separate until they, until they, until they just fall in love. Keep them separate. Shikantaza. And then when you get up, hang out, fall apart, flip over, bump into stuff, find out what this world actually is. But then when you when you practice, sit down and hold still and just watch the movement that keeps going. And eventually, the boundary, as has been said before I got here, the boundary between meditation and post-meditation starts to collapse or dissolve and you really see that you're, you're always meditating. Meditation is always the case. Jessica? If the conceptual mind is trying to puzzle something out, maybe dharma or something that came up when meditating, is that is that always does that always get in the way or can it sometimes support direct perception or both? Okay. Here's the way I'll answer this. So it might it might be I'm talking to somebody individually, depending on how long they've been sitting, on what their practice is. A lot of uh, variables there, but my basic kind of generic answer to that is, uh, am I sitting still? Yes. Or you could say check, <laughs> if you want to. Am I holding still? Am I endeavoring to observe what moves? Check. Or yes. Am I, am I, uh, um, am I sitting uh, fairly regularly? Doesn't have to be every day, but fairly. Just am, am I doing that? Am I holding still? And am I watching what continues to move in the mind? Or the, or the sensorium, whatever's moving, feelings, birds outside, inside movement, outside movement, don't differentiate, just watch, just watch, just observe, just give everything your attention, including your thought patterns. There's different ways as this is being taught, so this, you're probably not gonna find people that are gonna agree with this necessarily, but just watch the thought patterns. Don't fiddle with it or manipulate it. Don't try to use the breath to, by going to the breath and have an object of meditation your object of meditation, as far as I'm concerned, is your life. And your life, and when you're holding still, your life is showing up in front of you. Your, your analysis, your judgment, your uh, preconceptions, your whatever is happening, just observe. And if you can, don't add to it. But if you see yourself adding, then just watch that. You know, if a squirrel runs up a tree, watch the squirrel. If another one chases it, watch that squirrel. If a thousand squirrels run up a tree, just observe. You don't have to stop the squirrels. Leave the squirrels alone. <laughs> That's the title of my next Dharma. <laughs> but they're like thought patterns. You, do you follow a little bit? Squirrel? And we think we're making the, the illusion of progress. Uh, it looks like a straight line, but it's circular. And if you watch, if you watch and don't do anything with it, eventually you begin to... You know, my idea is circularity. Yours may be, uh, you know, maybe a different kind of uh, re repetition. But it's it's by repeating the form, we see the repetition in our craziness. Which means uh, spinning in circles for there's a lot of emotion and concern and worry and trying to control ourselves and worried about this or that and what's going to happen, what's going to happen to our life, to our friends, to our family, to our um, health.
Andrew, happy birthday. Can we become dependent on the forms? <clears throat> I, I think there, that that will come and go with different people. Sometimes, uh, sometimes we tend to get like we're feeling really having a really hard time. We might go and kind of use the form to escape everything else, and go in, and that's sometimes when we want to. We just want to get away from something maybe in our everyday life, so we go in and, tr and try to use that. Sometimes we we uh, might get stuck. This is a time when we might want to really follow the breath, and you know the breath is moving. I think I oh, will follow that for three hours. You know that maybe then I won't have to worry or think or have these other emotions. So maybe that's coming up, but that's still awareness. It's not about solving it. You may need to. Uh, to go along with your expression of you may need to get stuck on it or, or locked down on it, but it's still awareness. There's nothing to accomplish. But what you're looking for, you already are. You are, you already are. The, you already are. You are not set. The Buddha said, "Life is suffering. Don't forget it. Don't ignore the first noble truth of the Buddha, of pretending that it's well. I got that. I'm not going to suffer anymore." You may have to suffer from now on, and you may not. Uh, so don't forget that. And the other part is everything is dependently arisen. So that dependent origination, your particular version of that may show up as, as trying to lock down on something, trying not to, but there's no mistakes. And it's, uh, as I've said before, and I'll say now, uh, awakening is not uh, exactly an experience. Because experiences come and go. There's an experience, something comes up, and it's compounded, so it hangs and then it disappears. But the, the, the backdrop, you could say to use a strong metaphor, the backdrop or the stage set behind that uh, never changes because it's dharmadhatu, it's the realm of uh, truth. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't come into existence, can't pass out of existence. What comes into existence is going down. These body forms that we are so in love with, or in hate with, or you know, kept over. And we just went to a funeral today, so I, I've got a good picture of that. We both did. <laughs> he was sitting on his casket. His spirit was so. wasn't having too hard of a time. You believe that? Don't believe anything. Don't disbelieve anything. Don't look around. Look right in front of you. Yes? Is the content of what arises during meditation? So, I'll say it this way. The content will be important as long as it needs to be. So you'll, you'll know the story, you'll be able to re repeat the story, and then you'll notice that at some point, the print gets kind of blurry. You know there's still print there. You know there's still a story there. But since your, your, your consciousness is, uh, is no longer attached to this world, this is called dispassion. And uh, the, oh, I wish I could say it more clearly. It's, it's not an advertisement. It's just the truth. You don't, you don't really... You don't really even need this, whatever this is. You don't need this. You don't need anything. So it may get blurry. The ego mind starts to get freaked out if that happens and could 
clamp down and say, I'm not meditating anymore, this is too much, I'm going to go back to using, you know, Librium or something. So it may get blurry, but if the person has a strong awareness practice, probably there's going to be room for that to be just seen, just observed. I think you've said many times before that uh, it was intense anger that brought you into his practice. Yeah. And that that anger has not gone anywhere. Mm-hmm. Are there times, though, that when a situation brings up that intense anger, and is it the same anger that you used to feel? So it's not the same, but it's, it comes and goes. It's, it's more... Uh, um, more entertaining than it was. It's not threatening. The, the threat is gone, but the but the the raw, rugged emotion could still come and go. Not it's not so much, but so it's still uh, there's always that potential. And, and I don't mind. I'm not going to ballot. I'm not going to throw a fit and then and try to explain. If I start to explain ever, anything, then you know red flags should go up everywhere. There's nothing to explain. Nothing to believe, nothing to disbelieve. Awareness is about it's about the space in which you are receiving everything. Thoughts, ideas, emotions, hopes, fears, everything that's arising in your mind stream uh, is uh, relative truth. The absolute truth is the is the stream or the, the space in which those things occur. Just a way of saying it. More about that? If there are situations in the past that have generated a particular uh, intensity of an emotion and then it subsides when that perceived threat is away or is gone, is there any benefit to, on the cushion, trying to conjure up that situation to kind of desensitize oneself to it? The idea isn't to desensitize yourself to anything. So it's not to get rid of something. It's to see what it is. And see that it is, for one thing, unreal. And for two things, there's no one actually, no solid being having that situation. The situation is just having itself. There, there isn't anything else. So you don't need to desensitize yourself. Now, this isn't to take anything away from from uh, cognitive behavioral uh, approaches to working with the mind or anyone else that's working with it. People should do what they think, how they think they should work. I'm not correct. This is, if you're listening to me, then maybe this will show up for you in your mind stream, use that same word again, in such a way that you'll, you'll sense some kind of support there for going deeper into this uh, uh, delusion that the Buddha saw so clearly rather than run out of it and try to cover it up with band-aids or or ointments. Some people need to do it. Some people can't do this practice. So this is why this isn't promoted. You don't uh, you don't really hear some kind of promise of come and meditate, you'll feel so much better. I'm not gonna say that. Someone has to would have to ask about it. Do you think meditation will help me? I'd say, I don't know, what's going on? And if they seem like there's some energy there to do that, I might say, well, let's, why don't you give it a try? See how, see how it is. See if this is something you want to do. But there's no, there's no uh, uh, 
propaganda. Earlier today, you brought up, uh, I think, gum as get used to it. How is that different from desensitizing? <clears throat> so the word, the Tibetan word gom, uh, is, uh, I'm probably not saying it, pronouncing it correctly, but it means to get used to something. The name for a, a meditation seat, uh, gomden, is a Tibetan word for meditation seat. A get used to it chair, you could say. And it's about uh, sitting down, holding still, and get used to whatever's arising. So it's gonna, there's going to be some negativity happening, uh, and the desensitizing, by just looking at it, you aren't necessarily going to desensitize. Um, to, to, do, to, to desensitize, you might, wanna, you might be doing something with that to stop the negative energy. And there are teachings, uh, different traditions, Tibetan tradition, where you work with negativity and try to get it to go away. And, and, and I don't mean to disparage any of that. People should do, if you have a teacher, you should do what the teacher says or suggests or whatever. And that, that's what I would say. I did that. That's why I'm sitting here. And so, but the, but I don't teach exactly the way I was taught. I, I as I when I talked to Bill Waldron, um, just after he left, uh, I, I said, told him that I don't teach out of what I know. I don't know anything. Not that I can't repeat this or the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, or something. Of course, I know about that. But but what I'm teaching out of is what what this looks like, all the time, all the time. It's obvious. And what I would say is, wake up. How do you do that? Sit down and watch how, 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 how asleep you are. Look at the way in which you keep objecting to everything that's arising. And each person is there, has their own version of that. Make it easier this time. There's an area showing up. I don't quite know the question around it, but... It just seems like sometimes you talk about stretching the awareness and anytime we stretch something we don't use a lot, there's some sensitivity or something gets sore or it seems to have some tension there. No. So is there a little bit of desensitivity going on? Sure. Just a, just the repetition. It's like the first time you came in here and sat or the first time anybody comes in and meditates for any length of time, especially with something like block sitting. You're sitting for long periods of time. You eventually kind of get used to it. So you're, you're desensitizing in a way, but in another way, you're not really filling up the space with uh, any kind of uh, devices or, or methods or techniques, unless you are. They're, Tibetan Buddhism is full of all kinds of things. There's creation, completion, all kinds of creation, generating deities and looking at the, the, the passages and the chakras and spinning mantras and so on. And I'm not, I'm not against that. I practiced it a great deal myself. So it's about just getting used to it. It's just about getting used to just sitting and looking at watching the movement in the mind, in the sense fields, watching that come and go and come and go and without particularly doing much with it. So you could say maybe there's some desensitizing just by the repetition part of it. It's just like coming in here, if you do the, the forms enough, eventually you find that you can do very complicated forms and daydream at the same time. That's awareness. That's not a mistake. 
just awareness that you won't know how incredible the mind is unless you do something like that and see that you can be aware of what you're doing and what you're dreaming about and what you're fantasizing about at the same time. Junchu. Question from Greg in the UK. Is wisdom mind or Dharma Datu not separate from habitual tendencies? <clears throat> yes. That is, they're not separate. But you have to see it. Because if you just impute or just think or imagine or conceptualize they're not separate, uh, then that's that's still on some kind of abstract, uh, that's still fourth skanda, uh, form, feeling, perception, concept. You're still creating some kind of thing to believe in or accept or think is true. Shane from California has a question. The sitting still during the negativity on the cushion make you less likely to move when it arises off the cushion? What was the first part of that? I was talking. (laughs) Does sitting still during the negativity on the cushion yes. make you less likely to move when it arises off the cushion? I would say there's some, it's not, that's not the, the whole thing, but there's some, something to that, to sit down and get, and get used to having negativity arise without any particular reaction to it. Or if you have a reaction to it, just watching the reaction, don't react to the reaction. That's usually what ego does. Something, something happens, we react, and then the ego wants to come in and stop us from acting that way. We'll even scold ourselves. Oh my God, I can't be doing that. You know, why do I keep doing it? The, the big question that that take that kind of rips your awareness to shreds or fills it up with confetti is, why do I keep doing that? That's a that's a, a highly um, um, sneaky kind of ignorance to just say that. Make no comment on anything. Go ahead. I couldn't figure out which arrow was raising their hand. <laughs> uh, one of the checks you had for when you're sitting is, are you endeavoring to observe? Yes. And I guess that's confusing to me. I don't really know what I'm endeavoring to do when I'm there. So what does it mean to... So you sit down and you're looking at the wall and then whatever is happening, uh, just just watch it. Observe, watch include, give it your attention, and then notice if anything extra comes out of uh, left field or right field or the roof of the basement and adds on something. And so you, you don't see just clearly what that is. You've got what that is besides some other commentary, post-it notes I sometimes call them. So endeavor to see that. Then then uh, when the post-it note arrives, then just look at that. And no, notice the way that when so- certain things arise, you, you, you have a commentary right, right ready to put on that. So it can't have its own uh, day at the races. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't come on stage by itself. It comes on with uh, you know a coach, you know, or someone who validates everything it thinks and does, and say, "Yeah, that's really good. You're doing this right. That's how it should be done." I think you're even getting somewhere. This is uh, the chatter of ego that does not want to be uncovered. Ego is paranoid and does not want to be seen. 
And you can see that using that metaphor, you can see that in your, in your situation. Uh, each person sees it a little differently, but so to observe or to give uh, endeavor. So there's a little bit of effort happening. You have to have effort to even get in the, into, the, into the zendo. I mean, who wants to come in here and do nothing for three or four hours? I don't want to do that. And you notice I don't. <laughs> but you do, and you should. Or unless you say, I don't want to do this anymore. So Gazan, I'll say, well, keep in touch. Do whatever you need to do. But if you if you want this kind of training, I'm ready to help you with it. It needs to be done. And uh, uh, not, not that there's any kind of goal to be reached, but uh, you, you need to do this until you don't, until there isn't any boundary, until it doesn't make any difference whether you're facing a wall or, or facing uh, your, your uh, Labrador retriever. You don't have one, do you? Don't know. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I don't know, do I? <laughs> so you, you 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 find that at some point you find you're just with whatever's happening. So you you're just like, why would you go and look at a wall when when everything is a wall? Everything is not. Everything is a mirror. And it's not going to feel like an accomplishment. Like you have a success story. You won't write a book about it. Unlikely. If you do write a book about it, uh, then. Uh, Probably shouldn't get it published. Throw it away. Shouldn't you? When you say endeavor to observe, if you come into the zendo and there's some commentary like, I'm too tired to meditate, I'm just going to let myself daydream for two hours, mm -hmm. is that still endeavoring to observe? Yes. Yeah, no, I, don't misunderstand. I'm not validating that. But you know you're you're sharing something that happens to everyone. We all do that. I don't know how many storage buildings I built in my head when I was in retreat or sitting. You know, I think I'm just so sick of being here. I'm just going to imagine how I'd put a building together and see. First, I'd put this and I'd pour the foundation. Oh yeah. So, uh, but eventually that wears out. Eventually that you know you think okay, I took a break. I built a couple of storage buildings. Now I'm going to go back and, and the, with the same kind of. Uh, um, the same kind of persistence that I built that building, I'm going to go back and look at the nature of my thoughts and my, the thought patterns. So, you're, you know, you're, you're not here. You, you're not here because you want to avoid the situation. You're here. You wouldn't be in this room. You wouldn't be listening to this person uh, talk all this nonsense. You'd be somewhere where something is valuable. There are people who would listen to this. I'm sure there are. I think I'm not going to listen to that guy. This is crazy. He's not making any sense. I think your dad said that about me, didn't he? I don't listen to that guy. I want to listen to somebody that makes sense. And he's doing exactly what he needs to do. Yeah, I've met your dad. He's not ready for this type of word. It doesn't, doesn't mean he's less. It just means that he's got other uh, what are they, fish to fry. No, he's got other fish. So, But if you're hearing this, then I would say, train your mind. Sit down, hold still, watch what moves, and don't add, subtract, divide. Don't add any thoughts to it if you can help it. And if you do, then don't add to those. Go ahead. Um, Natty from Germany. She says, hello, friends. Uh, I miss the DDG, uh, the Daily Dharma Gathering. I'd just like to say hello and thank you. Repeating the form, what is your advice for our planet? So many forms. How to know what forms are we practicing? You are this planet. 
I'm telling you, train your mind. Your mind is not separate from billions and billions of people. You can't, if you go out and try to and treat them like separate beings that where you've got to somehow get everybody to do whatever. I'm not saying you shouldn't vote. Of course you should. Look at the situation, participate in the relative truth that everybody buys into and go and vote. Just be sure you vote for the right person. <laughs> so you know about that. I mean, you should, you should just do whatever you need to do. But if it comes to the world, uh, Nettie, I would say train your mind. Don't live another day without finding out fundamentally who this is so you have no doubts. This is, uh, uh, this is the torch of certainty. There's a title of a book I never read. <laughs> I read some of it. Thick book. <laughs> I'm very lazy. So this is this is a, to see see things with this kind of a light. You just you just understand. You understand what this is. You, you can do this. You can understand what this is without warfare. Without I mean, the wars can go on all around you. And this doesn't mean that if you're in a situation, if you're functioning out of your awareness and not out of your opinions, your ideas, your thought patterns, your judgments, your presumptions about right and wrong and, and lay, I mean, there's plenty of things to judge, as we all know, but if you're functioning out of your awareness, there will be times when you'll reach right out of your awareness, right into somebody's uh, life and grab them and say, stop it. Or you might, you might grab their, you might reach out and hug them. And you'll have, and if you have any idea why you're doing that, it's, you're probably operating out of some kind of uh, agenda. So it's, it's not necessary to, to evaluate people as heavily as we do all the time. I mean, some of it is obvious, the evaluations that come up. Some people are much crazier than others. But it's so, yes? Does awareness take energy or effort to use up energy? Yes. Well, it does. Energetic. But energy doesn't belong to anyone. I sometimes tell uh, Seda Uno that before I come in here, I feel kind of wiped out or I feel just tired or whatever. But I come in here and I look at all of you and I get all kinds of energy. I'm kind of an energy thief. <laughs> I'm like a vampire. Is there such thing as a Buddhist vampire? Nah, I won't go there. But it's like that. It's, 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 we're not separate. We're not separate. So I see, if I see somebody that is interested in what, what I have to say, I'm highly magnetized and highly energized to share this with you, tell you what this is about, because it's, it's, it's so very simple that it's difficult because of our causes and conditions that arise as our life, our karma, the thousands, of, thousands and thousands of lifetimes that we've been showing up. Not one person going from lifetime to lifetime, just consciousness showing up. You're not separate from the 13th century and everyone that lived in that century. You're not, also not identical with them, not to... Again, can't be understood intellectually without a lot of uh, hammers and tongs. Yes? How or where can we get the energy to practice? How, how what now? How or where can we get the energy to practice? Yeah. I think it's necessary to get it from the, the difficulty that you're not turning away from. There's tremendous energy in that difficulty. Just bring it to the cushion. Bring it into the, the monastery. Don't don't fight with anything. And and the other the other uh, approach is uh, if you've uh, if you 
uh, formally receive vows, then repeat those vows. Um, you know, get on stage with those vows and say those vows, and uh, you know, say the four reminders. If you you don't have to formally receive vows, that's up to you. Like an interfere with anyone's karma, that's up to you. If you want this, then uh, it can be done. But you could also just say the four reminders. First, contemplate the preciousness of being free and well favored, difficult to gain, easy to lose. Now I must do something meaningful. Train your mind. So we we. First, contemplate the preciousness, the value of even being alive. It's an astonishing situation to be alive, to be a living being, to be a monarch butterfly. We have another room full of monarch butterflies, all meditating in there, <laughs> all hanging by the screen. <laughs> Can the form function in a way to help lessen the load of the energy it takes to practice? Yeah. Can the form help lessen the burden of practice? Oh, that's what it is. We, we can't can't find our mind, so how, how are we going to train it? Can't find it, we, but we can find the body, and they, they look separate. They're really not, but they're they're separated. So, but we we can have some because this is such a low vibration. The mind is at a higher vibration, so it's like it's just uh, an area where things are, are not uh, tied into our relative uh, illusion of time and space or past and future which we all think is real we think there's a past and there's a future probably not so yes a form those who live in the monastery and you know what that's been here for a while you, you get up it's time to go and practice it's time to do this so we set it up so that it so that people who are inspired to want to practice have a really strong support for that the sangha community having a teacher who's here all the time uh, having a, a having a, a, um, traditional texts that go back 2500 years or different times to, to the buddha and so on that, that talk about using concepts to point at to what this world that we that looks like a three-dimensional solid situation what it actually is James from California has another question. Okay. Is save all beings an agenda? Yeah. It is. It's an agenda. It's a good one. Have that agenda. Save all beings. Put everyone before yourself. Want an agenda? Save all beings. Take care of everybody. Put everybody first. But you can't do that if I'm not saying go the other way and let yourself collapse into nothingness because you were so busy saving others that you uh, lost your help. It needs to be a mutual situation. So you would help people where they're at. And of course, or maybe not of course, but uh, they really aren't beings in the way that we think they are. If you begin to do that, you begin to see uh, the the. Uh, teaching of emptiness, the things are empty of what we think they are. It looks like there's separate beings everywhere. Those are the ones you need to save. And then you realize that you're not separate. Those beings are not separate from your thought patterns. Don't, don't kill your thoughts. Don't be a murderer. Or, thank you so much. <clears throat>
We always appreciate and count on your financial support. And uh, next week, Sukhazan will be traveling to New York to teach. So if you're in that area, please visit our website for details. Penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with light. <laughs> 